Chronicles of Leadership, Chapter 10, Sudden Death. In the space of a few years, my memories of meniscus faded. They were to come flooding back on the day I was due to meet my old boss, Dr. Triscothic, again. I arrived to give an early, that is to say the first lecture of the day, 9 to 10.15. I became distracted because I had been deputed by Beamer to introduce Dr. Triscothic later in the day, where he is to become a guest of the university for a special lecture. I am completing a few introductory remarks to the students when the swing doors of the teaching room opened. The interruption is not for once the inevitable late student. A flustered Dr. Beamer is ushering in the elegant feature of the Vice-Chancellor. I cannot imagine what had happened that would have brought her to the teaching rooms. I'm about to receive some very bad news. The students looked up with interest at the prospect of a change in routine. Dr. Beamer followed standard university protocol. He politely asked my permission for him to interrupt the lecture. He then introduced the Vice-Chancellor, who also apologised to me, to Dr. Beamer and to the students. This morning's lecture will be postponed to a date to be confirmed, she continued. Her voice was calm, but I noticed there was an unusual pallor to her features. There's been a serious accident at the premises of one of our sponsoring firms. A fuller explanation will appear shortly on the internet to all staff and students. The number of casualties are not known, but I have been informed by the police there is at least one fatality, someone who was scheduled to give a meeting here this afternoon, organised by Dr Beamer. I cannot recall exactly what she said next. As if I heard her speaking in the distance. I am particularly saddened to tell you that the victim of this tragic accident was a good friend to the university and to many of us. I knew she was talking about Dr. Tuscothic, or part of me knew. I am referring to our visiting scholar and benefactor, Dr. Tuscothic. I did not think dead Tuscothic. I didn't feel dead Tuscothic. I didn't think or feel much at all. I didn't say to the Vice-Chancellor or Beamer, I knew him as well or better than you. Why couldn't you have told me before making this public announcement? Dr. Keane will be needed in arrangements that have to be made. You'll be notified at the time of the rescheduled lecture. Please see that you take all your belongings as you leave this room. You'll still be able to use the other facilities on campus, including the IT suite and the library. The students straggled out, subdued but unquestioning. The moment the doors to the lecture room closed, Beamer, in unusually distraught mode, blurting out his thoughts at the shocking news. So disturbing. Tiscothic. And he was to address this afternoon's workshop. He looked helplessly at the Vice-Chancellor and then at myself. We have to decide what to do. This is a bolt from the blue. He was not simply shocked. He was very frightened indeed. Beamer's cliched words added to my disorientation. When this happens, I close down reality and escape into a safer world. The flashbacks last longest when I am put under stress. Instead of concentrating more carefully on the crisis that was emerging, I found myself recalling a chess game. It was one of the most famous of all times, played a century ago. A move was played which a journalist wrote was a bolt from the blue. The game has been described in this way since in a hundred chess books. At the time... The move was so astonishing, it has also been described as the sucker punch to end all sucker punches, 
I began playing the game over in my mind to blank out thoughts of today's bolt from the blue. Susie up says she can always tell when I'm distracted. I have a completely vacant look on my face. It's not as if I'm not thinking, or rather, as I've escaped to a less threatening place. I forced myself back to the unpleasant present. I even managed to speak a few sentences. Discothic? An accident? What happened? It was the best I could do. We don't know much more than I've explained to the students, the Vice-Chancellor replied. There was a major explosion at the meniscus laboratory this morning. Brian Testrothic was among the victims. It's unclear whether there's any danger from chemical emissions in and around the vicinity. Meniscus has imposed a lockdown on news. They can't be contacted on anything to do with the accident beyond an automatic helpline. There's to be a news conference later today. My office is still trying to learn more. Wendy, at least, was showing the sort of calm she would have demonstrated as a senior police officer. Beamer, in contrast, was staring at the projector scheme, as if interested in his display of safety information. I know you both have personal contacts at Meniscus, the Vice-Chancellor continued, but I suggest you don't get in touch with them directly. Work through my office for the moment. She paused briefly, then added, It's important that the meeting goes ahead today, Montague. With that, she left the room. That afternoon, still in shock, I just about got through the meeting without seizing up. Beamer spoke of Stiscothic as being a close friend of his. He noted the scientist's contributions to the well-being of millions of people through his work. One of the participants proposed the setting up of a Stiscothic research fund. Dr. Beamer said he would discuss details with the Vice-Chancellor and with Meniscus, and not myself. It's all been a dreadful footnote to the time I spent at Meniscus Laboratories. And I still have his funeral to face.